Chris Tire Information Whiskey, 2153 Zulu. Wind, 060 at 5. Seriously, it's Mike Juliet, this is Archer Radar Contact. Hazardous weather information from Minnesota available on flight service frequency. You've dialed in the Flying Midwest Podcast. Connecting aviators from across America's heartland. Sharing news, information, and events from around the region. Sit back, relax, and join our crew for some hangar talk as we discuss a wide variety of regional aviation topics. And now, from our home at the Anoka County Blaine Airport, our checklist is complete and we're ready for departure for another episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. What is going on, everyone? Jim here with the Flying Midwest Podcast. So happy you're able to join us. On this episode, we're joined by Joe Check with the Minnesota Ace Camp. He talks to us about the great opportunities for teens to learn about aviation careers through their camps. And as always, news and events from around the region with some friendly hangar talk along the way. So strap in and let's take off into this episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Flying Midwest Podcast. I am Jim. Hi, Jim. And who are you? <laughs> a friend. And hello to Maddie. Hello. Hey, hey, Jim. Yes, Maddie. I've noticed a problem. Uh, what's that? Where's Trevor? Uh, oh, good question. Um, Trevor is away on assignment and it will not be on this episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. I try to sound like all journalistic, like, like when uh, like the main like host of the evening news is gone. That's mm-hmm. here. Dan Rathers is away on assignment. I'm Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a darn shame. We miss him, but he'll be back next episode, right? He's once again engaging in plenty of aviation activities, so he unfortunately won't be able to join us for this episode. A worthy cause. I respect it. So one of the exciting things that I want to talk about before we get into the news, it's it's kind of news. It's a big release of a new mobile application that I think every pilot is going to find a lot of great use out of. You can't even say anything without starting to laugh over there, Maddie. This is very serious news. That's true. Friend of the Flying Midwest podcast, Brian Turner, and app developer Andrew Hughes, I believe it is, have developed the app Mitar AF, which is based off of the website by the same name from Brian Turner. Um, It's weather with attitude. It gives you basically Mitar for your local airport. Um, or whatever airport you plug into there. It gives you where the wind is blowing from, how high the clouds are. It gives you temp in non-freedom units if you're okay with that, or Celsius is what people call it, I guess. It provides a squeezing force, which is right now at my airport is 2976, and uh, the wet point, which is 1.0 um, non-freedom units or Celsius. But the biggest perk of this app, I think, is the ProPilot tips that it gives you. My pilot pro tip here is visibility five miles. So there'll be a lot of eyewitness reports. So that's good. So um, just for fun, we're going to enter Maddie's airport in next. What's your airport, Maddie? Kilo. Up up Oscar. Um, you have a dew point of 14, which is also how many times you're going to bounce your landing. <laughs> Brian, why are you going to call me out like that? So if you would like to get some top-notch weather information for your local airport before your next flight with some really great pro tips and pro pointers, 
advice, if you will, uh, before you go, check out Mitar AF, um, which I don't believe is anything inappropriate. I think it could be um, aviation forecast or um, I, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Mitar awesome flight because that's what you're <laughs> gonna have after you check out this app. There you go. We've actually been having a lot of fun with this in the background in our group chat in the last couple of days. As much as I'm trying to goof around, um, go check out Brian's new app. It's really fun. And I, quite frankly, when I'm not on ForeFlight, if I just want to look at a Mitar, that is absolutely where I'm going to go from now on. <laughs> Mitar AF. Check it out. How much do you think that was worth, that little plug, Maddie? I'm going to say $40.16. And 16 cents? Okay. Mm-hmm. That feels like we probably, that's a discounted rate because Trevor's not here. If it was all three of us, we'd probably have to charge him the full the full price. I don't know what that would be. $52.76. Brian, the bills You can expect a bill in the mail, Brian. So uh, we hope that you enjoyed um, our fake ad for your real, very real app. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, um, do we want to get into some real news? Yes. So we will start here in Michigan, Kalamazoo. So uh, Western Michigan University is preparing to take its College of Aviation to new heights Quite literally, the WMU Board of Trustees has approved up to $20 million in a loan to purchase a new fleet of aircraft for the college. The dean of the college, Raymond Thompson, said the new fleet is needed to replace the school's current planes with the latest field technology at a time where the demand for pilots is soaring. So he says when they acquired their fleet of Cirrus aircraft, their university stood out for the type of training and the skills that their students were able to develop because of the quality of the planes and the level of technology that they were equipped with. He believes a new fleet would make the university one of the best aviation programs in the country. And he's not the only one who thinks that. Flying Magazine ranked the university as a second tier program, which while it sounds unimpressive, it is one of four in the country. The University of Oklahoma was the only aviation program to be named the top tier. So pretty important and pretty cool. Good for them. The $20 million loan is expected to help cover 32 new aircraft as well as a super decathlon for practicing specialized skills. So they are actually choosing to purchase the new aircraft outright rather than lease, which means they will be able to start building equity right away and ultimately save money, which is a win for everybody involved. So they're hoping the first round of these aircraft will be arriving on campus sometime next year. So unfortunately, the next article I have is not as cheery as the last one. The Wright Brothers Aircraft Factory, the original, burned and is in an uncertain state um, as of last Sunday. As of uh, Monday, the fire department in Dayton, Ohio, would continue to douse hot spots in the building. Uh, when firefighters initially arrived, they found heavy fire conditions throughout the large commercial building complex. So this, the historic site, so this, um, this site is now in the National Historic Register and has been for a couple of years now. It, along with buildings around it, were burning. And unfortunately, because of lack of access to the building, it was difficult to put out a lot of the fires and um, assess a lot of the damage. So this is very unfortunate very sad um so we're hoping that the damage isn't as extensive as they're seeing and that they will be able to rebuild and preserve this property 
The fire department apparently worked very quickly and did their very best to minimize the damage and put out the fires as quickly as they could. Thankfully, no injuries were reported, and the Dayton Fire Department Fire Investigations Unit is investigating the cause of the fire. So, a little bit of history about this. Wilbur and Orville Wright built their first experimental airplanes in the back of their bicycle shop on West 3rd Street. In 1909, they went on to form the Wright Company, which produced around 120 airplanes in 13 different models and introduced industrial aviation. These buildings particularly were operated between 1910 and 1916, and they are considered the birthplace of the American aviation industry. Hopefully the city of Dayton will be able to partner with the National Aviation Heritage Alliance to kind of help preserve this building. All right, on to North Dakota. Uh, Wattsford City Municipal Airport was recognized as the 2022 General Aviation Airport of the Year by the North Dakota Aeronautics Commission. Uh, the airport attained this award for building a new runway and a parallel taxiway for it, installing new runway lighting and instrument approach procedures. So these projects were started in 2020 and it involved a closing of the airport for six months. These projects were completed in 2021. Uh, they had to completely tear up their existing runway and install a completely new one. Um, and that increased the length and weight capacity for the airport, which is awesome. The old runway was just over 4,000 feet and the new one is uh, just over 6,500 feet and it is 75 feet wide. So these are these are just the most recent projects that the airport has undertaken. It's, it seems in the last 10 years, they have been really trying to revamp this airport and they actually started it before the oil boom. So they had a good thing going. They have improved their apron. They have um, doubled it in size, installed concrete, installed new tie downs. Uh, they installed 15 new hangars, which is actually a lot of hangars, and a new terminal building, which is awesome. In the last five to six years, they, uh, flight instruction, rental aircraft, and fuel have all been made available on site. So this airport obviously does not offer commercial flights, but now they can way better accommodate um, charters, private planes, um, and especially company planes and air taxis. So as I mentioned before, the oil boom is bringing in a lot more aircraft. So they are now we're well equipped. Yeah, so congratulations to Watford City Municipal Airport. Uh, Maddie, can I break in real quick? Uh, sure, what do you need, Jim? Just a quick break on the news to bring some uh, additional information to folks. Uh, are you tired of your boring old aviation weather information and that old antiquated formatting that no one really knows how to read anyways? Well, check out Meteor AF, the latest from Just Plain Silly's Brian Turner. This breathtaking app breaks down those complicated reports into an idiot-proof plain English format. It features easy to understand graphics and using state-of-the-art algorithms. It not only provides you with the weather, but also additional information catered specifically to you and your personal flying abilities. For example, the one I just looked up says, I promise the examiner is more nervous to be flying with you than you are to be flying with him. So check out Meteor AF today, back to the news. All right, Jim, I have one more piece of news, but I figured I'm gonna pull you in for this one. Okay, I can read one more piece of news for you. And no, it's not BTR AF. It's a real story. <laughs> um, on Saturday, April 1st, the Minnesota Aviation Hall of Fame honored seven new inductees for the year 2023. Those inductees include Walter Frick, who is a combat helicopter pilot in Vietnam and the founder air boss of Veterans Airlift Command. Walter, if I butchered your last name, I apologize. The next inductee is Robert D. Hodge. He's a World War II veteran, a game warden pilot, and had a career with the Minnesota DNR. Next up, well-known designated pilot examiner who was given check rides to the two people on this podcast tonight, uh, Barb Beck, who's also been a pilot in Minnesota since 1965, followed by John J. Parker. He is a World War II combat veteran. He also had a career with the Minnesota DNR as a 
warden pilot. Next up, Randall Sohn, an air guard and airline pilot. He helped create the Southern Minnesota wing of the Confederate Air Force. And finally, Robert Whiplinger, Minnesota aviation businessman and manufacturer of Whipline floats and creator of Fireboss firefighting aircraft. He's actually a big name. So for those not familiar with the Minnesota Aviation Hall of Fame, it is a non-for-profit corporation in Minnesota uh, recognized by the state as a means of honoring its pioneers and historic aviation persons in a lasting and significant way. So congratulations to all of those inductees for 2023. And for us personally, congratulations, Barb. We're super excited for you. Yay, Barb! Hey, Jim. It's getting to be that time. Summertime. Which means... We're going to have some pancake breakfasts and other events, right? Pancake breakfasts and lots of other events. Take it away. Well, we have a number of events to tell you about. We're going to start off, though, by telling you about the Thunderbirds and Blue Angels schedule around the Midwest this summer. Starting with the United States Air Force Thunderbirds, you can catch them at the Quad City Air Show in Davenport, Iowa, June 24th and 25th. Your next chance to catch them in the Midwest in July will be the 1st and 2nd of July at the National Cherry Festival Air Show in Traverse City, Michigan, followed by July 22nd and 23rd at the Dayton Air Show in Dayton, Ohio, and July 29th and 30th at the Sioux Falls Air Show in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Your final chance to catch the Thunderbirds in the Midwest this summer will come on August 19th and 20th at the 2023 Chicago Air and Water Show in Chicago, Illinois. Up next are the Blues, the Blue Angels. As early as May 13th and 14th, you can catch them at Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. In June, you can catch them at the Columbus Air Show in Columbus, Ohio on June 17th and 18th. They'll have two stops in the Midwest in July. First at the Duluth Air and Aviation Expo, July 15th and 16th in Duluth, Minnesota, followed by July 22nd and 23rd at the Milwaukee Air and Water Show, not to be confused with the Chicago one, that is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You also have two chances in August to catch the Blue Angels. August 19th and 20th, they'll be at the KC Air Show in New Century, Kansas. And August 26th and 27th, they'll be at the Guardians of Freedom Air Show in Lincoln, Nebraska. And their final show in the Midwest this season will be October 28th and 29th at the Crossroads Air Show in Greenfield, Indiana. As for some other events you can check out in the Midwest in the coming months, we have the Ames Fly-In. That'll be Saturday, April 29th, 2023, from 7 a.m. until noon. They will feature an all-you-can-eat pancake breakfast. Nothing, Manny, no commentary about the pancakes. They'll also feature airplane rides, as well as uh, some community events. All proceeds of that event will benefit the Ames Police Benefit Association and the Boys and Girls Club of Story County. Up next, Lions, Kansas. They'll be hosting a fly-in at the Lyons-Rice County Municipal Airport April 29th from noon until 4 p.m. This event, titled Ribs on the Runway, will have live music, a beer garden, and they will crown the rib king and queen of Rice County. Please make sure that you bring a designated pilot. So, go down and check out some of the best barbecue cooks in the area and enjoy a fun fly-in. If you want to participate in the rope cooking, it is $100 a team. Ribs will be provided. Up next... We briefed it a little bit with the Blue Angels, the Scott Air Force Base Air Show and STEM Expo. That will be May 13th and 14th, 2023. In addition to the Blue Angels, they will have demonstrations from Red Bull, the C-17 West Coast Demo Team, P-51 Heritage Flight, as well as many static displays and more. Check out more information on that at scott.af.mil forward slash airshow. For those of you in Minnesota, the Great Minnesota Aviation Gathering returns May 19th and 20th 
at the Buffalo Municipal Airport. They will again feature a number of hangar flying sessions, including many educational topics and vendors with aviation-related products. More information on that event can be found on mnpilots.org forward slash gmag. Next up is the Salute to Veterans World War II Reenactments and Air Show. That will occur at the Elkhart Airport in Elkhart, Indiana, May 20th and 21st. Gates will open at 8 a.m. on the 20th and 9 a.m. on the 21st. The event boasts experiencing history like never before, including an air show, you can see vintage tanks in action, authentic weapons, and so much more. More information on that event is at salutetovets.org. And our final event, the Monet Regional Airport, will be hosting their fly-in on June 3rd at 8 a.m. At 8 until 10, you can get free breakfast, and they will have a runway ribbon-cutting ceremony at 10 a.m. Presumably for a new runway? Question mark? Maybe? We'll talk more about that in a future episode when we have better answers. At any rate, you'll have an opportunity to see lots of airplanes, take some pictures, and there's a car cruise in as well. That will do it for our lengthy event section on this episode. I'm ready to go get some ribs. I'd, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that one. We're going to have to check that one out. Um, I'm going to have to do some research to see what my schedule looks like, but I'm down for some ribs. Well, thanks for all those fun events, Jim. I'm really excited for the ones local to me, especially the ribs really call out to me. But I think it is time for us to call on our guest. I'd be happy to introduce our guest. So for those of you who aren't familiar, um, there is a program called the Minnesota ACE Camp, and that stands for Aviation Careers Education. It's hosted every summer in the Twin Cities metropolitan area, and it presents an opportunity for kids to come to this camp and check out all kinds of aviation careers, not just your pilots, your controllers, but also um, jobs that get done on airports, things like that. So we're happy to bring on Joe Check. He is a controller at the MSP airport, as well as a member of the board of the Minnesota ACE Camp. So as you're listening to our interview with Joe, if this sounds like something interesting to you or a teen that you know who's in high school, application process is going to come real fast. So uh, make sure you check out our show notes at the end of the episode and check out their webpage. They will close the application process on April 17th. So without further ado, let's chat with Joe. <laughs> well, Joe, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Fly Midwest podcast. We're happy to have yeah, you here. Thanks, to- thanks for having me here at uh, nine o'clock at night on a, on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Well, thanks for what coming. Else wanna, it's a little late. Yeah. My <laughs> wife has passed out sleeping upstairs, so it's just a raging party here. Oh, yeah. That's what people don't understand about how we record these. It's just, it's a blast. It's a party. Everyone's having a great time. Um, exactly. Joe recommended disco lights. We're going to look into that for the next episode. So. <laughs> oh, man. That's what we're missing. We can Photoshop some in or whatever yeah. you guys want to do. We'll there you figure go. it out. <laughs> so, Joe, we talked a little bit before we started recording. Um, you're familiar with our Fast Five questions, right? Yes. Won't go too fast, though. Well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. Clear for blast off. Clear for blast off. All right. Question number one for you, sir. Favorite airport? Boy, favorite airport. Grand Forks. That was my first airport. I went to school at UND, Grand Forks. And that's where my first ATC job was, Grand Forks. Um, never thought I would go back there after graduating UND um, <laughs> to work my first job. But it was, it was it's Grand Forks. It was a great, great airport. UND, busy traffic. Uh, honestly, um, up at Grand Forks, they're they're busier than we are here at Minneapolis MSP on most days, most VFR days of the week. Um, it was it's just really cool. Just again, seeing that progression of students, you know, seeing them do their first solo, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's I would say that's my favorite airport. Awesome. 
favorite aviation content creator? My layover life, Paul, Instagram. Yeah. So he does a lot of stuff with Ace Camp for us, and he made an awesome video for us, a very professional oh, okay. type video. But he he does some great um, just airline airline type content. Uh, content. Um, so yeah, he flies for United, does a lot of Ace Camp stuff for himself. All throw on the bone. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. like his stuff too. So I need to get on Instagram more. You the do. gram. Well, yep, the, the gram. gram. <laughs> Question number three. Least favorite aviation film character. Least favorite aviation film character. Wow, you really got me here. Um, would it be Snoop? <laughs> would it be Snoop Dogg and Soul Plane? Is that? Right. Yeah. He had a he had a captain suit on. Right. The pilot. The whole get up. So I, I think it counts. That's a that's a great answer. <laughs> it's just came to the top of my head. It's late. It's a, and it's, that's a terrible movie, so there's that. We yeah. came up with yeah. something really fast. I would say there have been like, I yeah, don't know any aviation sure. movies, so. Yeah. <laughs> Question number four. This is subjective. Um, I guess they all are. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's... Uh, ugliest airplane. Ugliest what airplane. airplane is just, mm. uh, it's just uh, not appealing. CRJ-200? <laughs> All right. Right? I mean, I mean, what's special about it? You don't want to sit in it. People don't really fly. They want to move. They want to get out of the CRD and fly a 757, my favorite airplane. So, you know, I don't know. It just seems like it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's just not needed. I mean, granted, Delta's getting rid of them all. So, you know, there is that. So, yeah, CRG 200, ugly. Just don't care for it. All right. And your final Fast Five question. If you could meet anyone in aviation, dead or alive, and have a conversation with them, who would it be? Archie League, first air traffic controller. Ah, yeah. So he's uh, he's basically the grandfather of ATC. Started at St. Louis, I believe, way back in the day, late thirties, early forties. Basically, him and his wheelbarrow and, and a couple flags. Um, I think he had a checkered flag for go, meaning clear for takeoff, I assume, and then red for stop. Yeah, <laughs> not clear, go around. I don't know, something like that. So. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to have a conversation with him, um, seeing what, what his struggles were back in the day, I guess, and what he was dealing with compared to what we deal now with just the amount of traffic and the technology that we all have issues with. And, I mean, I'm sure his mind would be blown if we told him that when the NODEM system went down, the whole aviation system went down, right? Um, <laughs> it was just, you know, stuff like that, right? Like just talking about the CPDL system, you know, how we can send clearances basically via text message to the cockpit, right? Yeah. So I think, I think that would blow his mind. That's wild. Know. So I don't know. I think that may be kind of cool conversation. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for playing yeah. along with our Fast Five questions. Um, Did I win? Did I get the high score? Um, it's kind of, Have you watched that show? Um, what is it? Whose line is it anyway? Where the yeah, where yeah. the rules are made up and the points don't matter. It's the same. Thing. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I got like a thousand. I got like a million points, right? You got uh, nine hundred and twenty-eight yes. points, which is also happens to be Sweet. what time it is. Is nine twenty-eight. <laughs> Perfect. It's the first number that, that was, was right in front of me. So we will jump into the actual episode now. We're here to talk to you about uh, Minnesota Ace Camp. Yep. But as we dive into that, can you tell us a little bit about your aviation background first? Oh, yeah. Uh, my aviation background. So I was actually a student back in Ace Camp back in 1997. So Ace Camp, we've been around since 1991. So this will put us at, what, 30, 32 years yeah. this, uh, this summer. 
Um, so yeah, so I started with Ace Camp. Dad took me to the airport all the time. He he sat there and read the, uh, read the newspaper while I sat there and and watched airplanes at the the old Super America. They were in Post Road at MSP, which is no longer. Um, but yeah, sat there and and just just loved watching airplanes go by. Everything about airplanes, you know, Ace Camp definitely kind of sealed the deal for me with all the tours that we did back then. Yeah, so after that, um, I actually. Uh, after graduating high school, I went to Century College here in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, as um, a, a wannabe law enforcement uh, degree. So even though I loved aviation, I was—I guess I got really scared right after high school and didn't want to go too far, didn't want to stray, uh, stray too far from home. Uh, did law enforcement uh, the, the degree for about a year or so at Century. Then I had one of those moments, what the hell am I doing? I need to change it and I need to, I need to do aviation looked into air traffic control schools. Uh, at the time, there was 13 different schools in the country. And I picked the furthest one from Minnesota, which was Daniel Webster College, which is no longer. Uh, that was in Nashua, New Hampshire. Uh, so I went out there, uh, went there for a year, just a, a one year, uh, just a quick kind of get, you know, get my feet wet with air traffic control. I um, actually got my private pilot's license out there um, since uh, the ATC program really wasn't uh, wasn't going too fast for me at the time. Went out there for the year, uh, got my private, and I was like, you know what? I need to come back closer to home. And it was really expensive out there uh, uh, at Daniel Webster. It was like it was like twenty five dollars a year. It was just Jeez. it was insane for, for air traffic. I mean, even back then, I mean, uh, kind of dating myself now, but uh, um, so yeah. So when, then I, I finished up at UND for air traffic control there. I graduated in two thousand and five. And uh, waited about a year or so to get the actual call uh, from the government, from the FA, to be a controller. And that's when they told me I'm going back to Grand Forks as a controller. So that's kind of my little aviation history background in, in a nutshell. So the question I have, I understand how the military does it. They have you fill out a dream sheet, which is exactly sure. that. You, it's a dream if you think you're going to any of those places. Um, yeah. Is that how the, the FAA send you, too? Which will send you halfway across the country from, from the first yeah. place you pick. Like, right? I want to go yeah. to Florida. You're going to Grand Forks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is yeah. it like yes. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so at, when I went through, I was pretty lucky where at the time we had, we got to select certain states where we, where we wanted to go. Um, I really love the tower environment. So I picked states that did not have like a center, you know, down in Farmington, sure. uh, Minneapolis Center. So I picked North Dakota, South Dakota. I mean, I did pick Minnesota, uh, Iowa. I really, again, I just really wanted to to work in a control tower. Um, then after I submitted that, um, I found out a few weeks later that the Grand Forks had, had an opening. So, so yeah, I got slated for that. Uh, it's changed now where students that, uh, that go through ATC, they do not know where they're going to go until the day they graduate um, the, the FA Academy down in Oklahoma City. So if you finish first in your class of 20, you get first picks on a pre-selected list of airports, that, again, where the FAA, where they need you. So um, so it's wide open, right? You can, you can you know, you know, generally it's smaller airports, level six, level seven type towers, um, which is, you know, the Flying Clouds, the Rochesters, the Duluths of the world. Um, basically, you can start there. But if you finish last in the class down at OKC, you get the very last pick, which is great that you pass, right? You're going to be a controller. Uh, but again, you get the very last pick. And that might be Gary, Indiana. That might be Guam. That might be <laughs> Fairbanks, Alaska. You know? Oh, gosh. So if you have any resemblance of a family, 
right? You you have to you get you, you got to go. So basically, you graduate and you have one week to get to that facility. Oh wow! So that yeah. So again, it, it's 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 so wild. It's it's changed so much. So that's crazy. Um, yeah, it is. It is really wild. So you know, you put your time in there. Whether generally it takes you know at a tower generally about a year, two years to get certified. Um, then you can start bidding out to other, you know, other facilities. So, but again, that's not guaranteed that you might, you know, if they're really short staff, you might be sitting there for five, six, seven years before sure. you can transfer. So, you know, I got really lucky at Grand Forks. Uh, I was there for, for three years. We were pretty well staffed and off to Minneapolis I went. So, uh, so yeah, it was an easy transition for me. Again, being up in Grand Forks, college town, being, you know, being younger is definitely, definitely fun. Um, we've reliving the college days again as in my first kind of big boy job. Right. Uh, and then, and then transferring, uh, down here to Minneapolis where all, where all the families at. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about, um, well, probably let's talk a lot <laughs> a bit about, uh, Minnesota ACE camp. Yeah. So for those that aren't familiar with what this program is, can you give us an overview of that? Yeah. So again, uh, yeah. So we, you know, we started back in, in 1991, um, Basically, anything aviation related, we do here in, in the cities. Um, this is primarily for, this is for high school age students looking for a career in aviation. Do we get a lot of pilots? Yes, right? We, we do a lot of, uh, we do a lot of flights uh, in, in single engine aircraft, helicopters, uh, glider airplanes. We go to Stanton and, and uh, down to the storing, uh, storing club down there. Um, so kids literally get to get in their own glider with, a, you know, with an instructor. They're sitting in the front seat and they're, at, you know, three, 4,000 feet. They are pulling, you know, they're pulling the ripcord from the tow airplane and, and they're gliding. Right. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, again, we do, they, they get to go to Endeavor's flight simulator uh, here in Minneapolis, do a full motion CRJ simulator. And again, this is all with, you know, with instructors, they can actually log this time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do we, do we focus a lot on the pilots? Yes, but also we definitely, we want to focus on other aviation careers too. Aviation mechanic, air traffic control, drones are the next big thing, right? So we have someone come and talk about drones. Um, we even go, I mean, do the flight attendant training at Endeavor. Um, so again, you name any type, any type of aviation career, uh, we we definitely try to cover in in the week uh, at Ace Camp. Now, is the program primarily focused around the camp itself, or are there other things that you guys do? Uh, yeah. So I mean, during the week, what there's. 40 or 50 different tours or things that we do. Um, so again, we definitely rely on a lot of our partners, Delta, Endeavor. Um, I mean, we even take the kids to uh, iFly, that indoor skydiving that's out in St. Yeah. Louis Park, I on the west side there. And I mean, the kids got to know about aerodynamics, right? I mean, they're going to learn if they can fly or not really. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty bad at it. My body's not suited for uh for uh, for aerodynamic anything, so I generally <laughs> stay away from that. So I, I have a lot of what, parasite drag. Is anything right? Parasite drag, I don't know, something like that. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we definitely focus on a lot of um, you know again a lot of our partners with with Delta and, and a lot of other things that we do with them. Um, but again, we try to do our own content too. Again, we we have a lot of our time with our own counselors and staff members. Again, giving these career talks. What the next best thing for them to do in their in their own. Career. So is it just the week during the summer then, or are there other things they can get involved in during the year? Uh, so, we, so three three camps. We, we're doing three camps this year. Thirty oh. students uh, per per camp. Okay. Um, so again, so week maybe I discussed this earlier. So a week long overnight camp. 
Um, so okay. the kids stay overnight. We put them up, uh, put them up in the dorms, and it's literally seven a.m. till ten p.m. Um, again, just filled with with uh, programming all throughout the day. Yeah, so it's it's definitely it's definitely a full on a, a full on adventure trying to keep thirty teenagers alive for the week during during the summer. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we wear so them out as time goes on, right? Yes, we we wear ourselves <laughs> out. So there is a lot of naps on the bus that that happen. So, <laughs> Uh, but yes, it's, I mean, for, for someone, for a student to try to do what we do in a week, it's just, it's just not possible. Right. So what we, what we charge for tuition is, is $1,600 for the week. You know, it's, it's not cheap, right? It's uh, anything in aviation is not cheap. And, um, you know, we're, we're definitely conscious of that. Uh, we do have a lot of financial, uh, financial aid available for, for students to, um, to apply and we love to give the money away. So, uh, we have a very large pot of that. Um, so yeah, so it's, you know, again, we, we try to, we want to lower our costs, but, um, in, after COVID, I mean, our costs have, have gone up. I mean, our school bus alone is three times the cost what it was before COVID. Our oh, lodging bet. is three times the cost, you know? So it's, um, so a lot of the stuff we hate to, to pass along, but it's just, we, we, we don't, we, we don't really have any, any other choice. I think everybody's feeling those effects. Yeah, but you know, we we still get a lot of demand. Like the kids definitely see the value in in our in our camp um, for the you know, again the things that we do. Again, taking I mean, just taking I mean, my favorite part is taking taking our bus out on on the taxiways and the renters of Minneapolis. Um, oh, you know, just we literally get to go out on runway four two two. Everybody gets out, and we're basically at the intersection of four two two and one two right, and we're watching watching airplanes there. Oh, awesome! So, that is so I mean, I mean, cool, I mean, right? I mean, just that experience there alone. So, Mac, you know, the airport authority—they're very kind to us. Again, we've been doing stuff with them for years, and they, you know, they escort us out there with their vehicle, and and again, we we were out there for like a half hour just just watching airplanes. So, um, yeah, so it's just sweet, right? Um, just I mean, that kind of stuff is is awesome. Yeah, where else can you get an opportunity to do something like that? For yeah, real. exactly, and that's what we try again. Try to focus on, and you know, again, I got the schedule pulled up right here, and it's just, it's just, I look at it like just the stuff that we do is just, just amazing. Like one of the cool things, uh, we do a lot of the stuff out of South St. Paul Airport. Um, we have Mankato; they fly up there. Uh, they they fly up about four airplanes for us. They're they're warriors, um, and each kid gets about twenty or thirty minutes uh, with with an instructor flying around. But also when we're there, um, we have a very generous uh, a donor that uh, lets us fly, or he has their people fly a Cessna caravan and floats. So we take off out of South St. Paul, and we go land in the St. Croix River. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, my first time was last year doing that, and I mean, what a blast, right? I mean, I've never, I mean, you see these pictures, right? I mean, what a life, right? You know, having an A, having a grand caravan, but then on floats, right? And be able to freaking just land anywhere you want, and but that was us, right? The kids got to experience that, right? And um, so, yeah, it was, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's just really sweet. Oh, you want to join? So you want to come to camp? You... <laughs> Don't tempt me. Daddy's going to have to move back from Kansas. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, one of the things we have been discussing, something that's been on our radar for quite a while, is doing like an adults, adult type camp, right? I mean, granted, Man. we probably wouldn't do it for a there you go. See, yeah. um, we wouldn't we wouldn't do it for a week because we, we you know we we definitely we value our, our sleep and stuff. But we you know maybe do like a like a maybe Thursday Friday Saturday type thing or you know Friday Saturday um, you know just doing the big the big things you know maybe taking the bus out on you know out of MSP 
going over to Endeavor, flying, you know, flying a CRJ sim, going to Sun Country, flying their sims, you know, stuff like that. So just keep it keep it pretty simple, and maybe trying to use it as a you know as a fundraiser uh, for us to uh, oh yeah, you know, to, um, you know just idea. get a little money coming in and use that money for um, you know for for a student's tuition. So um, that's definitely still some on our radar. Um, again, this, the, the kids come first. We're trying to do the three camps this year. So uh, again, 30, 30 kids a camp that we're looking at. So that puts us at you know ninety kids for the whole summer. So it's uh, it, it's definitely it's definitely a full summer for us planning and. And uh, you know, doing all the stuff that we want to do uh, with them, and, and again, show them show them what Ace Camp is all about. So you were a student back in the day. Back in the day. Back yep. in the day. Um, <laughs> so how has the program and the camp itself grown since you participated as a student? Yes, it's it's definitely it's it's grown it's grown by leaps and bounds. And since I was in when we first started, we um, Ace Camp was was partnership with the FA and MinDOT. Uh, mend out the Minnesota Transportation, yep. uh, the Aeronautics Division. Um, so we, you know, we got a lot of our funding through them, and that was this. That was kind of the, the status quo for for quite a number of years. Um, then, then COVID happened, and it shut us down in 2020. Obviously, so we had no camps in 2020. Uh, just reference the rules and all the stuff that was going around, uh, around then. Uh, but then we used that time to really refocus, and we actually made Ace Camp our own nonprofit organization. So, which allows us to to get to do fundraising, get money that comes in, uh, apply for grants and other scholarship type money that, that we can that we can pass on to our students. So, uh, COVID sucked, right? COVID sucked for everybody, yeah. but it really allowed us at Ace Camp to really restructure and really have a really good foundation of where we want to go. Put stuff in writing because we were, I mean, before um, before COVID, we were kind of just, you know, handshake deals, nothing really written in stone, kind of literally flying by the seat of our pants every year. Um, but now we definitely have a, a really good structure uh, to what we're doing. Um, I'm not, even though I'm on the board, I sat through a lot of the meetings. I'm not the brains of the operation. Uh, Katrina Middlestat, United Pilot, she's definitely headed up a lot of the stuff. Anthony. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff for us. He's a pilot for FedEx. So again, we have a lot of we have a lot of staff members that, that put a lot of time and effort uh, to make basically, uh, basically make what we're what we are today um, a lot stronger. And um, definitely having some legs to stand on and uh, be able to pass a torch to whoever. You know, I'm not going to do this forever, right? So uh, be able to pass a torch to whoever's going to come behind me. That begs an interesting question to me: How many staff does it take for you guys to pull this off each of these weeks? Yeah, so um, we have we'll have about five or six counselors uh, for the week. So each counselor will be you know with you know with about five kids. Um, so again, we'll, we'll kind of split off into groups. About five or six counselors, and we'll have uh, two directors and uh, uh, two directors that will kind of always you know stay one step ahead uh, with with the planning and getting meals, um, you know, all that stuff uh, situated. Um, but then he also, we have, you know, we have day volunteers who will come in to help set up, you know, set up tables for us if we need to do ground school somewhere, or, um, you know, just, you know, any, any, any type of thing that comes up during camping, we'll probably have at least three or four other people ready to come in at any second and help us out. So, um, so about, about six or eight during the week, uh, actually with the kids at all times. Um, and then again, about four or five, uh, other, other volunteers that, that come along for the ride, um, during the week. And also we have. You know, we have like guests. We have we, we call it mentors for the day. So it's really hard, right, in the middle of the center here in Minnesota, where we value our summers and 
um, you know, we're very busy going up north or whatever we're doing uh-huh. to have to get someone to take a whole week off and and do ace camp, right? Right. Um, it's really hard for me to take time off of work because you know I have my own my own priorities uh, as far as vacations and other things I want to do with my wife. Um, but again, trying to get that whole week off is it's a really tall ask uh, for anyone to take. You know, again, take a full week off and again keep thirty kids alive for the week. Um, so it's but it's crazy. Once once you do it, once you do camp, um, we we definitely get the same. We always get the same repeat and um, volunteers. I want to keep doing it because they, they definitely see the value in it and and just being a part of that progression of the week is is awesome. Uh, again, just watching the students progress from it's it's so funny. The very first day of camp, everyone kind of in their own little corner, right? Uh, don't want to talk to anybody. But by the you know last day of camp, they don't they don't want to leave each other, right? Yeah. So um, so just just watching that, right? And you know, there's students that come from a whole different various backgrounds of aviation. Some kids have no clue. They don't know what they want to do, which is fine. Like we, we, we want to, we want those students to come to our camp. Uh, but also there's, there's the other spectrum of aviation students where, I mean, they know the difference between an A319 and an A320, right? They can just, Oh, that's a, that's an A319, right? Just by looking up. I mean, th- their, their knowledge of aviation now is, is just, is absolutely amazing. I actually um, we'll, am aware of a success story out of your camp of one of your students from mm-hmm. last year who is now, working on her private pilot certificate. She's about to do her solo cross country. And a lot of it was based on going through that camp and getting that experience and going, yep, this is the direction I'm going to go. Yeah, definitely. And it's just, you know, having that spark, doing that, you know, having that spark for the kids and, you know, you know, having the resources again, aviation is networking, right? Half the battles is networking in aviation. And that's what we definitely try to, to, to strive for. And, 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 you know, you know, students that will come back to me, you know, years later and, hey, I need a letter recommendation or, or something, you know, anything along those lines, right? And, um, you know, having camp, seeing those students um, really push them over the edge um, to really, to you know, do that next step, whatever, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, and it's just amazing how, you know, how many are students that go on to, you know, be pilots or uh, controllers or, or whatever you have. Even, even the students that don't do aviation afterwards, they still do the uh, testimonials and say it was the best week of their life, right? Yeah. So, um, it's you know, just seeing those stories is, is really cool. So, aside from the networking aspect and the um, kind of the exposure aspect, what are some of the biggest uh, benefits that you've seen over the years for these students from camp? I mean, the latest one back uh, this past year, we um, it was our first time uh, again doing. Uh, now that we're an official nonprofit organization. Um, we, we, we started the Elevate Award, which is uh, our own continuing education uh, scholarship fund, basically. Um, whereas before, again, all we did was just focus on camp, and, and that's all we did, which is great. And we did a really good job at it, still doing a good job at it. Uh, but now um, we, we're able to, uh, with the money that we've raised through grants and, and other fundraising efforts, we're able to give that money out now to uh, to students, to um, to anyone else that is in aviation, you know, basically we name the Elevate Award, whatever you want, you know, everyone has their own path in aviation, right? Um, it's really hard to, to, you know, to follow everyone, everyone, you know, everyone has their own, has their own path. And so we wanted to have money uh, available for, for people to, to go do that, whether they want to um, pursue their CFI license, whether they want to just go to a, a trade show, you right? We wanted to give money out for that. And I think that was a big, a big uh, first step for us within this past year, being able to give back 
uh, you know, give back some of the money to, uh, to again, to very deserving people. Uh, I mean, we gave them fifteen thousand um, dollars this past year. So really cool seeing some of the stories of the, what some of these students, um, past students, volunteers, and even some of us never been to Ace Camp uh, apply and what they wanted to use their money for. So. Um, so yeah, I think that was, that was a really cool thing for us to do this past year uh, by having this continuing ed- education scholarship, and uh, definitely something that we want to do again. That's incredible. I'm sure that's blessed yeah. everybody who's part of that. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. yeah. Some really cool Man, stories that we where, that we came across. I wish I had known about Ace Camp. Yeah, I, I know. School. I didn't. I barely yeah, knew what a plane was when I was in high school because my school is like <laughs> mathematics, science, yes. humanities. Done. There are no other jobs. Wow. <laughs> and it's amazing now, like, you know, I'll do, I'll do a lot of outreach for high schools. And I think there's only like maybe three or four schools here in Minnesota that have an actual aviation class. Huh. It's very rare, right? And uh, the, the places that do have it, they're, they're very involved. They have flight simulators. Um, you know, they, they go, basically go, go through like a ground school uh, type setting of uh, getting these kids kind of focused on, on aviation and um, it's, just, it's just really cool to see, but it's very rare. So for people who are listening that might be interested in this, what kind of things can they expect this year? Like what kind of big draws might there be, things like that? The big draws, um, I mean, I like to say it's the, the indoor scouting is kind of, a, kind of a cool thing, but also um, something that we, that we do is, um, I think this year uh, we go to the Air Force Reserve Base and the kids get to fly a C-130 simulator. Ooh. So that's on, uh, that's on tap for this year. Um, granted, I mean, a lot of our stuff is pretty much the same uh, every year. Um, we don't try to change it too much. Uh, well, but the one thing that we really want to do, um, which would you try to do, but we're kind of on the on the whim of, of the schedules, is either the reserve or um, or the guard will take us up in a C-130. Okay. Um, fly to Minneapolis. Um, go up to Duluth. They'll drop it down to like a thousand feet. Uh, open up the back door, you know, the back cargo door. Um, that's when we, sh- you know, send out all the bad students. We, we kick them out. <laughs> <and just kind laughs> of yeah, break, pushing break them out. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, we're all strapped in the back, right? And um, they open up the back door, go over go over the, the lift bridge, uh, split rock, you know, go over, you know, that, that shoreline of northern Minnesota. And um, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's just 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 a blast. So we're so really cool. crossing our fingers. We can we can do that again uh, this year. Um, maybe I'll toot my own horn up and be, be able to come to the tower again. So last year, the kids, uh, because of COVID and some of the rules that we still had at the tower, um, they couldn't do tours of, of air traffic. So uh, this year's changed. So uh, looking forward to having the kids having uh, getting their chance of coming in and uh, seeing our eye work up in the control tower. Uh, but also they get a chance to, uh, we actually have a, our own uh, tower simulator at the tower uh, where they get to basically ch- uh, try their hand of air traffic control. So it's basically wow. a 270 degree uh, tower type setting. There's you know very large LCD screens and uh, it's all computer generated traffic. Um, they get the you know voice recognition, all that type of stuff. They can basically be, be an air traffic controller at Minneapolis. The same type of visuals that we that we look out at Minneapolis, uh, we have in the sim. So wow, that is um, so cool. They get to try their yeah. So yeah, they get to try their have their hand at their at the high score for in the simulator. <laughs> it never occurred to me that you guys have simulators too. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't know how air. You know, sure. I know how air traffic control works, but it's technology. It's like, technology yeah, technology. yeah. I just you're bored with it or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's so no, cool. No, it's, it's it's relatively new within the past few years. Okay, um, but again, if, if 
you know, I'd love to have you guys come up to the control tower sometime. I'll, uh, I'll show you the sim and it, it's, it's very realistic. So, um, yeah, yeah just having been able to have the students go in there and, and again, it's one thing for me to talk about air traffic control in front of a classroom for like 30 minutes, kind of more, I'll tell some fun stories, but, uh, for them to actually do it themselves yeah. rather than talking to live traffic, right? So, so you so don't cool. let them talk to live traffic. Got it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless I want to retire or get fired on that very day, but uh, <laughs> yeah. some disclaimers have to go out there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. For people who are interested, potential students, what kind of things do they need to know about applying and qualifying for the camp? Yeah, I mean, we, we keep we keep it fairly simple. Basically, any any high school age student is eligible to apply. You know, if a freshman wants to apply, like, you know, eighth grader going to be a freshman, they're so welcome to apply. Um, generally, we give preference to the juniors and, and the seniors, right? Because this okay. is going to be their last years, their last years to apply. Uh -huh. So we don't discourage on, on freshmen applying. If we have room, we have room. Great, right? Uh, again, generally, we, we, we like to focus on, on the juniors and seniors just because it's our last chance to, to capture them before they, they ship off to wherever they're going to go, their next step in their careers. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the age group that we, that we focus on. Again, we have three three different camps. They're, they're all the same. They're all We do all the same stuff during the three camps. Nothing's changed. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the basic overview, I guess, what we're looking for. The, the application's pretty straightforward. Uh, we, we are looking for a little skin of the game as far as we're looking for um, an essay from each student. Again, why they why they want to come to camp, right? Like, um, you know, just, you know, just, you know, click a few buttons and, you know, send us some money. Uh, we want to know why they want to be a camp, right? So uh, we do actually grade each each student's application. Um, and we give points out for, you know, for their essays and their letter of recommendations that they need to get from, from someone else. Um and again, that's just again, just to have some uh, some skin in the game for them, and it gives us a good idea of, of, of the students that were that are applying, and and, uh, and again, the reasons why they want to come to Canada. Thanks, a great way to do it. Yeah, yep. And you know, as and as far as financial aid too, during the application process, it's 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 really easy. Nothing nothing detailed. Just a quick couple questions. How much money are you requesting? Whether that'd be the full sixteen hundred dollars, or just maybe you need a couple hundred dollars help, right? So. Um, just a quick little, you know, just a quick little thing about uh, uh, why you, why you need the financial aid, and it's 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 really easy. So, and again, I don't want I don't want students or, or parents to be really get scared of of, of the price tag sixteen hundred dollars. Um, again, we 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 have a lot of money to give out, and we we definitely want to give out to, uh, to uh, des uh, deserving uh, families. What is the most rewarding part of Ace Camp for you? And do you maybe have a story that you cherish or hold dear? about or yeah. from camp um just surviving the week is 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 a pretty big accomplishment <laughs> i mean i mean but the other uh the other volunteers and, and and the counselors they know like like after the week like like i'm done right like i'm just done i, I just want to go home and you know and just sit in my room for like three days and just like just catch up on sleep and everything else right <laughs> um but you know, just making it through a week is 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 rewarding, right? Just to see everything that we do, and like, holy crap! Like again, we kept thirty kids alive, uh, doing all the things that we do. It's just it, it's it's really a cool thing, right? Where you know, when it comes to the very last day on Friday, we're like, oh my god, am I, am I going to survive? Like, you know, we're <laughs> running on you know four hours of sleep for the entire week, and and uh, it's you know, it, it's it definitely pushes us to the to the limits, but. Um, but again, being at graduation, seeing the families, 
and watching the students kind of say bye to each other for the, you know, for the last time at, at, at that event is, is, is really cool. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's probably the, the biggest takeaway for me is, um, you know, just, just seeing that, cut, uh, that, you know, that type of stuff during the week. So yeah. You no, know, it means a lot to those kids. Yeah, oh, definitely. Saying. Yeah. As then, I you know, that's so. the thing, like after camping, you would you know, I mean, we'll get the students like just right after graduation. Hey, you know, can, can I, can I volunteer or right? can I, can I be a part of ACE camp? Right. They see the value in it. I mean, granted, some of it is they just want to relive all the, you know, all the experiences again, <laughs> which is fine, right? I mean, they just want to do it all over again, right? So generally, them. we like to we like to wait a couple years after camp that you know have have some of the kids come out, you know, just uh just come off that high a little bit, right? And uh, and again, we want to have our counselors, um, you know, just be that mentor for these students, uh, and not just not just you know you know walk through camp and and just enjoy all the events and the tours again, right? Yeah, for sure. That does beg an interesting question, though. Say that you've got mm-hmm. someone who does want to volunteer. How can they get involved in Ace Camp? Uh, we have a link on our website, so they can they can head there. We basically just have all our all the information all in one spot. Um, you know, whether you're you're a past Ace Camp student and you just want to maybe help out for a day, local flight instructor, you want to come in and and experience it. I mean, we're we, we're looking for everything, right? So uh, with the three camps, I mean that that puts us at you know we need close to twenty or thirty you know. Uh, volunteers or counselors for the summer. So uh, some years are, are harder than others trying to trying to get the counselors in. But again, we a lot of we have a lot of the returning uh, same type counselors. I want to come back and do it all over again. Uh, but it's also good to uh, you know to have a have a backup list and uh, for uh, for people that want sure. to come in and and experience Ace Camp for themselves. So um, again, a lot of a lot of the volunteers again are are previous students. But um, again, I, I definitely urge anyone in the aviation industry that want that wants to help out here in the cities. Um, or I got, I mean, anywhere, if you want to come in and for take a week off and the experience camp, it's, it's, uh, it's really a cool experience. And, you know, again, just head to our website. We have a, we have a volunteer webpage and just throw all your information on there so we can have it at one spot and we can go from there. Very good. Is there anything mm-hmm. else that you would like to cover about the program, about the camp that we haven't discussed yet? Um, uh, make sure you apply before April 17th. April 17th is our deadline. So that puts us just about over what three weeks away uh, from the deadline. So uh, trying to fill the camps as best we can, and um, it, it's a blast. Make sure you follow us on on Instagram. We we put a lot of our, our videos, our camp videos, on there. Our website has everything on there. Um, again, we want to be a resource for students, um, you know, even before they get to camp, but also after camp too. They can, you know, they can find uh, you know find things of, of different careers they want to get into, and and again. You know, if they want to, uh, for example, we had a student a few years ago that wanted to get in, uh, they wanted to get into um, uh, egg spraying, agriculture spraying. Uh, very, a very rare career to get into, but she really wanted to do it, right? Um, using using the network of all of our volunteers, we found someone for her to connect with, right? And, you know, that's the whole goal of this is be able to find, you know, find that network thing, that wh- whatever you want to get into, we can find that person. We can try to, you know, create that path the best we can and um and again everyone has their own has their own aviation career path and we want to we want to definitely set these students on the right on the right foot after camp so the other question i have related to like deadlines and stuff like that what weeks is the camp this year just for people's knowledge oh you you had to put me on the spot let's see this should have been the top five oh it should have yeah what is your camp <laughs> yeah. So we we do we do two the two camps in June. So I believe it's it's the third it's the third and fourth week in in June. 
and then one week in July. I believe it's the second week in July. So we go back to back in June uh, uh, with the camp. So then we take like two weeks off and do the July camp. So okay. Um, so yes, I'm pretty sure it's the, it's the third and fourth week uh, in in June, and then again that second week in July. Yes, it, it's it's an absolute blast. So I, I I got the dates here. I finally pulled it up. June 11th, uh, June 11th through the 16th, June 18th through the 23rd, and then June, uh, July 9th through the 14th. So those are the those are the three three weeks. Very good. All right, I think it's time for the most uncomfortable question of the podcast. Oh, I feel like most people are like excited about this question. Some are, some aren't. We're going to see where <laughs> Joe lands good. on that spectrum. Clear the lamp. Clear for the option. Clear for the option. Go around. Yes, go, go around. around. <laughs> definitely, definitely a go around. All right, Joe. So the big question of the night, what is your unpopular aviation opinion? Um, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about this earlier. Um, you, you know, like, so, uh, Maddie, you being a CFI, some of your, your student on their first solo, right? The nerves <laughs> the students get, right, on their first solo. And, you know, nerves of all, you know, certain types. I mean, granted, it's their first time flying alone. So working at Minneapolis, uh, generally it's all commercial type, you know, commercial aviation traffic, airline type traffic. How the two relate reference uh, CFI and someone doing their first their first solo uh, with a lot of flow now that uh, there's a lot of pilots that are that are getting, you know, sucked up from, you know, the regionals to the majors now. So the regionals, you know, you know, you've heard all the stories how the regionals are they're really hard to staff, right? There's not enough pilots, staffing shortages, you name it. Um, so th- you know, there's there's a lot of younger younger pilots that are flying out there now. I almost want to say my un- unpopular opinion is, you know, these pilots are are, are under a lot of a lot of pressure, um, meaning that I would take a first solo student over a first time like CRJ pilot. Huh. Um, that, that's just my un, unpopular opinion. Very, the readbacks that we get from them are, are hard. Sometimes they don't listen to us. Um, now, granted, I mean, I'm sure that happens to her as a, as a first solo student as well. But uh, it just you know, you think about it as, as as someone that finally made it to the you know to, to the airlines, their first region, their first big boy job, right? Um, maybe they have a family. They, you're, they, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff riding on them compared to that first solo. That first solo flight, right? Where that's more of just fun and excitement, right? And um, so that's kind of my, my convoluted type <laughs> unpopular opinion. That I'd rather take a first solo student, a Grant Forbes, than a than a, than a CRJ a first time CRJ pilot at Minneapolis. If that makes sense. Yes, hearing some. <laughs> I'm out of uh, Colonel James Jabari Airport in Wichita, so it's like like we're like a few miles from Eisenhower. Sure. Some of the calls I hear these guys make, I'm like, yeah. man, yes. like sure. I'm not, not knocking anybody, but my guy, are. I am. Uh, <laughs> you're flying a it's jet, loud. and it sounds yes. like you're in preschool. Oh yes, like yes. I'd be interested yep. this to talk more professionally than you. I agree. You're the More pilots for them. Pilot. They made it. They they've passed some sort of test to make it over there. So great, awesome. But yeah, it's. Yeah, sometimes when I call, like it's it's crazy. Okay. Sometimes what is heard on the frequency, it's it's very interesting. Wow. Yeah, oh, I'm surprised good. I haven't had to give any progressive taxi instructions yet, Minneapolis. But sometimes <laughs> I, I feel like I have to. It's coming. So I really want to get out the light gun myself and start, start shooting some of these pilots. I don't want to talk to you anymore. The best, 
Oh, like... Yes, I'd have to dust it off and, and replace the battery since we never use it, but I do want to use it occasionally. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, your passion yeah. about the ACE camp and its shows. Uh, yes. And we really appreciate you sharing that with us so that we can pass yeah. that along to others and hopefully get some people into your camp this summer. Awesome. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. Maddie, same to you. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. This, is, this has been great. Again, ACE camp is just a it's really cool experience. And um, again, any questions that, that anyone has, send them my way. Uh, I'm on the gram. Go around 29 is, is my handle. So, um, or, <laughs> or again, just, just find, yeah, or just go find our ACE camp page. So it'll be a lot easier. So thank you so much for coming Obviously. on, Joe. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, this has been awesome. Really cool, guys. I really appreciate the time and, and you guys doing this and everything else you guys do for the aviation community. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Thanks, Joe. Jim, I want to go to Minnesota ACE camp. I do too. It sounds like a lot of fun and I really appreciate Joe coming on and telling us all about that. I hope that some listeners to the podcast can check that camp out and take advantage of that opportunity. And if you ever hear Joe on the radio at Minneapolis St. Paul, be sure to give him a high from us. Actually, and don't a, do that. That's probably illegal. Or at least a good old fashioned <laughs> We're not done. Don't turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> hey Jim, what's on the docket for the next episode? On our next episode, we welcome back Kyle Lewis from AOPA. If you remember from our last episode with him, he is the Great Lakes Regional Manager. In the next episode, he'll talk to us more a little bit about himself and how he got involved with AOPA. And as we wrap up here, if you like what we're doing with the Flying Midwest Podcast, go ahead and leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast services. Or if you want to reach out to us with any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach out to us on any of our social medias or at flyingmidwestpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, Maddie, don't we have one more thing to cover? Again. Before we go, we want to give a huge thank you to our very unofficial and totally not approved sponsor, Mitar AF. If you haven't heard of Mitar AF, it's the latest must-have aviation app. Move over for flight. Mitar AF is the new guy in town, providing you with the most up-to-date weather information and helpful flying tips. But don't take it from me. Here is real-life Mitar AF user Jim. Just today I checked out an airport and I was trying to figure out if it'd be a good day for me to fly. And it told me that flight category at my airport is VFR and it's a perfect day to turn my power on stalls and it spins. Thanks, Mitar AF. Thanks, Jim. So... Go download Mitar AF today, available on Android and Apple devices, or else we will do this again next episode too. No, seriously, this is a real app. We're not making this up. Go support our friend Brian Turner. It's a really funny app, and we hope that- Fake ads, real app. We hope that you enjoy that app as much as we have. So until next time, see ya. Thanks so much for joining us on the Flying Midwest Podcast. Until next time, podcast service terminated, Squawk VFR, frequency change approved. Good day. My name is Maddie. I am the number two, two of three. You're the number two, like you're the shit. <laughs> Good night, everybody. 
<laughs> have developed the app. <clears throat> Let's see here. Have the head the head the head the head. Good try. So check out me, Tyrant. It was going that, so that. good. They will be at the Dippity Air Show. I made that up. <clears throat> I was making it up as I went, and it all came out of my face, but it didn't sound natural. I lost it. Okay, you are a guest. I know. I know. And, and I, I was like, clip I was gonna this part out, and then <laughs> whatever you say after this is what I'll put in next. However, this part where I'm explaining how I'm going to do that is all blooper content. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to talk about our 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 best. That's not what I was trying to. Good <laughs> grief! Sleep is optional. Yep, for podcasting, if you don't mind editing seventeen hours of raw content. <laughs> yeah, that's a future gym problem. That's not a right now gym problem. <laughs> so tomorrow, Jim's gonna be so pissed. <laughs> Then you know, like, the red light fever starts, and that's when we start stumbling on words, and they can really great blooper content. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, hopefully I won't be a part of that, then. Well, we will. <laughs> so for any parents or teens that are actually listening, actually listening, I'm just so, <laughs> I'm so high on our podcast and our potential. Yeah. Takes my brain a lot to process, clearly. Okay, wake me up when it's time for me to talk again. <laughs> On our next episode, we are going to talk awkwardly <laughs> paused out <laughs> as I try to think of what I'm going to say. <laughs> you can do it. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Move over for flight. This is the new <laughs> I shouldn't improv. No, no. Go b- I'm going to leave that in there. Move over for no, flight. Move over for flight. <laughs> uh... And then what? What are they going to do? Takes my brain a lot to process, clearly.
takes my brain a lot to process, clearly. 